Productions presents Laugh, Literature and Film. Broadcasting live from Flying Bull Production Studios, it's Laugh, episode 85, a wee laugh for the October 9th weekend. I am your host, Mr. Two Frames. Joining me in studios, as always, is the L-Train. How are you, sir? Uh, great. <laughs> Just great. Um, not a huge weekend. No, small. Um, only small. one major release coming out this weekend. Mm-hmm. Pan. Yeah. You excited about Pan? Nope. This is a prequel to Peter Pan? Uh, I guess so. Um, inspired from um, the Peter, Peter Pan. Pan play and J.M. Barry yeah. is that his name? Barry something. Yeah, J.M. Barry. Uh, he's being credited with the characters, but Jason Fuchs wrote this. I think that you pronounce that differently, but I'm not going to do it because we're non-explicit. <laughs> yeah, apparently he's also working on Wonder Woman, and this comes from director Joe Wright, who did Anna Karenina, Hannah, as well as Atonement. Which Hannah, probably, which is probably his most famous film. Oh, yeah. Well, Hannah is probably one of my favorite movie-going experiences with you <laughs> in the crowd that we went with. In one of Red uh, Dog or Scanlon's, Scan- yeah. yeah. Least favorite. Um, have you ever seen that guy, Joe Wright? No. He looks like uh, meth head Joaquin Phoenix. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, the movies he's done are quite an assortment. And the trailers for Pan, it looks very colorful, lots of adventure. It's It looks scary to me, man. Mm-hmm. Is this PG or PG-13? Uh, I think it's PG. That's the thing that surprises me most, because I, I think I saw it was rated PG, but that crocodile or alligator thing mm-hmm. swimming around underwater, ooh, 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 ooh that's a pretty good visual image. Yeah. But I, my guess is it's probably the best thing in the movie. I don't know. This tells the story of uh, the 12-year-old orphan Peter, who's spirited away to Neverland where he finds both fun and dangers and ultimately discovers his destiny to be the boy who never grew up until right. uh, Robin Williams plays him in Hook. That Imagine the range of emotions you would experience when you found out that your destiny was to become a famous literary character. Like, back when you were one frame. Uh-huh. Or, all right, so like in this movie. To, uh, when I was a wee little yeah, one frame. half frame or something. In this movie, he finds out Okay, you're going to be a famous, literary, beloved literary character that all the children love and everybody will think you're great and you'll be able to fly. And you're like, oh man, you'd be all excited. Uh, man, yeah, you're going to be Peter Pan. <laughs> Your reaction would be like, oh, yeah, <laughs> great. When you're a kid, Peter Pan seems cool. Come on, man. Like you're fake. Okay, so Even you're if it's such an effeminate character. Only girls play Peter Pan right. and not boys. You get to get you get to be in tights. Then they try to entice you with it later. You get to wear a hat with a with a feather in it. You get to be in tights. You get to fly around. You get to always be a boy. You never get to grow up. You never get to grow up. <laughs> Someone came up to you when you were half frame and said, "Hey, your destiny is to be a famous, beloved character of for all of time." Who would it be? Hmm. Mr. Halfframe. Uh, Dirk Pitt. Dirk Pitt. Yeah, from the Clive Cussler novels. He's kind of like James Bond without oh, wow. the gadgets. So the most obscure... Is he a famous literary character? 85 million copies of the novels have been sold worldwide. Oh, wow. So a bunch Two of movies have been made starring him. A whole bunch of retired Raised military... Raised the Titanic <laughs> in Sahara. If Matthew McConaughey could play him. All right. Fair enough. He lives at uh, the uh, airport, I think, Ronald Reagan. 
So you'd be, I don't want to be beloved by millions. I want to be beloved by millions of retired ex-military people that actually can read. <laughs> they were great adventure books. I loved reading them when I was right. growing up. All right. Who would you choose? Mr. Bean. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. That's a TV character. It's a famous character. Famous. Li- li- we've talked about this before on the show. Laugh uh, is TV. Mr. Bean, I, I can't wait. Oh, I didn't realize I had movies and you TV. You got movies and TV. What? Is that I, thought, I thought I had be All right. How does that change things? Uh, the Sahara movie wasn't very good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you'd have to be someone else. Yeah. Because Peter Pan's in plays. You could be in play. You could be famous. Ooh, yeah. I could be on Broadway. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, that, that's most what you want in the world. Well, not only could I be a famous Larry character, but I could be a star yeah. on Broadway. I can't wait to be old enough to reach the level of obliviousness that Mr. Bean experiences. <laughs> no, not, probably. Not sorry. Mr. Magoo? No, I'm already half Mr. Magoo now. He's not oblivious. He's just blind. Mostly blind. All right. Honestly, Dr. Doolittle. You could talk to the animals? Are you kidding me? That would be awesome. Uh, oh, honestly, I would have thought you would go with Inspector Gadget. You've uh, you've talked about how you want yeah. the extendo arms. You're right. I'd be a cross between Dr. Doolittle and Inspector Gadget. I'd be Inspector Doolittle. Nice. Talk to the animals and be able to sc- scratch their back from across the room. That's Fair what enough. I do. All right, so Pan. Any okay, chance sorry. of you seeing this? No. Do you think this movie does well um, for its opening weekend? Hmm. Is this a success? Well, yeah, it's or the is only going... release. So what would be successful for it? What was its budget? Was it over $100 million? Oh, I would have to think so. It's not going to make $100 million. You don't think total gross? Not in the opening weekend, I don't think. I don't think. Does I don't it know. do $50 million? Between 50 and 100 All right, I mean, that's pretty strong. Maybe. Maybe. My okay, my guess forty seven million. Forty seven million? All right. That's my guess off the top of my head. Stars uh Levi Miller. As the little Peter Pan. I'm more interested to see the next movies and even though I probably won't see it. Called Blue Dog, about the most famous dog in Australia who was murdered. Hmm. He's like Wanda this dog, Red Dog is his name in Aust- I don't know why they're calling the movie Blue Dog. But <laughs> it, the the famous dog that wandered across Australia and he'd be picked up by random people and they'd take him to the vet for various things. And they always knew this dog. He has a statue raised to him somewhere like in Australia. Hmm. Red dog. It's also got Hugh Jackman in it from um, the Wolverine. Yeah, from all the Etzman films. You know him best as the voice of Memphis in the movie Happy Feet. Yeah, he was great in There's the Father. Yep. Uh, it's also got Rooney Mara, and she got a lot of flack because she's playing the Indian princess in this, Tiger Lily. Because she's not Indian? Yeah. A lot yeah. of people are upset that we're still casting white people in movies. Yeah, it's horrible. It's a horrible thing. So, um, I don't know. I don't care. I can't get real worked up about that, especially no. when Rooney Mara's a great actress. So. Plus, would you know Tiger Lily? Who knows or cares? I don't know. Uh, it's also got Cara Levine and Amanda Seyfried or Seyfried, Seyfried, Siegfried, Siegfried, Siegfried and Roy. All right. All of the, all three of these girls, all three of these actresses look very similar to me, except for the thickness of their eyebrows. It's <laughs> well, the only way you'll be able to tell them apart in the movie. Who's got the thickest eyebrows? Right. They're like the before, during, and after poster for a, like a beauty shop and waxing parlor. <laughs> Jesus. Nice. That's what they seem like to me. It's got uh, who's playing Hook? Garrett Heg- Garrett Heglin. Yeah, but he's playing before Hook becomes bad. He was the best. He was the best part of that movie on Broken last year. 
Okay. Which uh, listener Dave S. is currently watching. He gets his movies from the library, so it takes a long time for them to get there, and it takes a long time for him to watch it. I think he got two movies last night. One of them was uh, Unbroken, and uh, I don't know. I can't remember the other one. Fair enough. He was great in Inside Llewyn Davis. Oh, as Johnny Five? Johnny Five, for the ten minutes he was in there. Yeah, no, he's, he's a good actor. Day. I mean, most of the people involved in this seem to be pretty good. Visually, it looks pretty impressive. Will you be going to see it? I think I'm going to be getting caught up on previous films that have come right. out. Just got to go back and watch Sicario and maybe The Walk. The Walk. Uh, my wife and I still need to watch uh, Maze Runner, Scorch Trials. Wow. There's a lot. So, um, Plus, if they come out in theaters, there are two films coming out. Uh, I'm not sure that they'll be playing around here, but I'd like to see both of these horror films. Uh, first is The Final Girls. Yeah, I don't know anything about it. Final Girls uh, stars Malin Ackerman. She don't know anything about her. <laughs> Who is she? Uh, she's been in a bunch of films. She was uh, in the movie with. Oh no, I'm freezing up. What's her name? Malin Ackerman. Yeah. Okay. Malin Ackerman. She was in. I can't think of the film. Uh, the Watchman. Sorry, The Watchman. She was in there. Oh, what was she? She was the female buck kicker who oh, I liked took her. over for her mother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, she she's, was getting there. She must be getting kind of old to be called a girl anymore. Yeah, well. Come on. Oh, it's she's more, late more emphasis on the final part than the girl part? I guess. Well, apparently a, a young woman grieving the loss of her mother, a famous scream queen from the 1980s, finds herself pulled into the world of her mom's most famous movie. Reunited with uh, her mother, they must uh, fight off the killer. Is it a real movie? Is it like Nightmare on Elm Street or something? Are they going to run no, across no, Johnny it, No, it, it feels like um, Friday the 13th, you know, set at a summer camp by the lake. Oh, man. And the you know idea what? is her mother was the virginal uh, female lead that always survives these films. So I like the concept, but I, I would have preferred them being in an actual movie. Oh, to actually go back into one of these? Yeah, like go back into the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, I like all these 80s slasher films. I've got a soft spot That's what I mean. in my heart for these. The only thing that scares me is the director's only other film they ever did, Todd Strauss-Scrutions, <laughs> uh, was a Harold and Kumar 3D Christmas. Oh. And mm, this is coming yeah, out in PG-13. Oh. It's not even R, but... Wow. So you just killed any enthusiasm I had for it. I don't know. The trailer looks really smart. It looks like it's making fun of a lot of the tropes of uh, slasher films. All right. So sort of like Cabin in the Woods? A little bit like Cabin in the Woods. All right. So kind of into that. Uh, what I really am looking forward to, and this made my top five list, was Knock Knock, mm-hmm. starring Keanu Reeves. This is the Eli Roth-directed film. This is what Wait. He- Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, he just I was did. I Green Inferno. We just talked about Yeah, Green he just did Green Inferno that was held up. Um, for over a year because of bankruptcy mm-hmm. stuff with the distribution company. So he went film Knock Knock. The stars Keanu Reeves, Lorenzo Izio, who's also in Green Inferno, okay. and who's apparently married to Eli Roth. So that might oh. be why she's getting so much work. See, I told you, he, he drags his friends around all over the world and they film movies. He's he's the I horror version of that. She Chandler. married him after they did Green Inferno. Oh, was she the one that was terrorized by the giant, by the I poisonous so. snake? Okay. So, That's a... She, he put like an engagement ring around the snake's neck or something. <laughs> so, here. here you go. All Enjoy. Right. Um, this is about a devoted husband who's left a home, who's left home alone for the weekend. Two stranded young women unexpectedly knock at his door for help. Um, they end up 
in the playing this game of dangerous seduction and they try and kill him. There's all this cat and mouse stuff going on. Apparently this is a remake of the 1977 film Death Game, which starred Colleen Camp and Sandra Locke. Oh, and Sandra are, Locke, uh, Clint Eastwood's wife. Or, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think they ever married, but uh, they, they were together for yeah, a long they were time. together for a while. Um, and Colleen Camp and Sandra Locke are two producers of this film. Oh, yeah. So okay. You, so you can uh, watch Knock Knock and try and find Death Game. I couldn't find it streaming anywhere. Yeah, maybe you can watch Knock Knock. Maybe you can watch The Final Girls. The only one that's really going to be wide is Pan and, I guess, The Walk. Yeah, Knock Knock, um, I think it's only playing in six cities, none near us, but it will be available uh, streaming on demand. Oh, yeah, that's so. right. Streaming on demand. There you go. Speaking yeah. of streaming on demand, I got a uh, net pick for you. This is based on your recent interest in uh, Island of Dr. Moreau. Yeah. Directed by... I don't know who the real director is, so the one that got credit for it, but the person that was behind the planning and the development of it and all the pre-planning and pre-stages and actually filmed for four days mm-hmm. was this guy, Richard Stanley. And he, the movie that I'm recommending that's on Netflix or Netflix is a uh, documentary about the doomed journey of Richard Stanley's Island of Dr. Moreau. It's called Lost Soul. And what I just said was the subtitle trying to give you guys titles early on in my uh, <laughs> pick. It's a behind-the-scenes clash of, or chronicle of how the clash of vis- vision, bad creative decisions, lack of interest, and really bad weather plagued the disastrous production of the infamous 1996 remake of The Island of Dr. Moreau. Now, this guy, Richard Stanley, mm-hmm. is the great-great, I think great-great-great-grandson of the famous explorer Stanley mm-hmm. from uh, British history, and that sparked his interest on in the Island of Dr. Moreau because apparently H.G. Wells based his character on Dr. Moreau on Stanley. So he was fired from the production early on and he somehow finagled a meeting with Brando, went to Brando's uh, bungalow somewhere or no, he went to his house in the Hollywood Hills uh, on the top of Mulholland drive. He describes it in the movie. It's pretty creepy, but he gets in there and uh, he convinces Brando that he's supposed to be teaching. He's supposed to be, uh, directing this movie, even though the uh, production company had fired him. I think it's uh, New Line Cinemas. Even though they had fired him, he, he needs to be the one to do it. He convinces Brando. Brando says, all right, I'm not going to do it unless he's the director. And then four days later, he gets canned <laughs> because yeah, well, of a whole bunch of like disasters that surround yeah, the I think movie. they brought in uh, Frankenheimer to finish That's the it, film. and It was just a complete disaster. Brando didn't feel like working at all. Yeah. I, I don't know. There's some, I, I remember seeing the movie when it came out, and I didn't think it was that bad. But that was back when I was... Oh, it's bad. I, that, that was back when I was the L wagon. <laughs> not, necessarily, not necessarily the train. So, I, did you see... Did you watch it? Yeah, I watched it. Okay. Is it, is it really that bad? It's very disjointed. And, I, I mean, as bad as the movie is, hearing the stories of making it yeah. are just so much better. Yeah, this is pretty hilarious. But you can see... Uh, I don't know. Did you see Jodorowsky's Dune? Not yet. Okay, that's pretty good uh, movie like this about mm-hmm. pre-production and stuff. It's a lot like that movie Jodorowsky's Dune. It talks about the planning of the movie and what it would look like and the vision that he had. And this guy's vision is pretty clear in terms of what he was going for. He, uh, Richard Stanley did a movie called uh, Hardware, which is the Terminator for the uh, new generation or something like that. And he received a lot of acclaim for being in that pulpy mm-hmm. sort of a 
sci-fi and having that sort of weird vision. He's a kind of a weird guy, wears a long, big black brimmed cap or hat and long black robe. And, you know, you can just see where he's, he's, I don't know if he's really, I think he's a true believer as opposed to affecting some sort of persona. He, he I think he really assumes that persona and, and dives into it. Um, do you see hearts of darkness? Nope. The I haven't watched of, that. Oh, wow. Well, you got to watch Triple Feature I know, I've here. Got, I've got a lot of Jodorowsky's Dune, Hearts of Darkness, which is about the uh, making of Apocalypse Now, and uh, Lost Soul, The Doom Journey of Richard Stanley's Island of Dr. Moreau. That's on my net pick. Right. It's on Netflix this week. Um, if you have Redbot, you can go and rent uh, Air. This is a little uh, science fiction film set in the future where there's almost no breathable air. Sounds like my classroom. Yeah. Uh, these two engineers, uh, Norman Reedus, who plays on The Walking Dead, and then Demijian Husu? Hansu? Uh, I don't know. Jamon Hansu, I think. Yeah, um, he was in uh, Furious 7. He was the African warlord. He was also in Guardians of the Galaxy. I think he's married to someone famous, too. Uh-huh. Some famous model. Could be. Um, they're tasked with guarding the last oh, hope wait. for mankind. Was he in Blood Diamond? Probably, I think yeah, I think Diamond. he was in Blood yeah. Diamond. He's pretty good. I like that guy. He's a talented actor. Um, basically, all these people are being uh, put in cryo... cryo they're being frozen to keep them alive. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're running mm. out of air. It's you know very taut okay. thriller. There's just barely enough supplies you know throughout the whole movie for them to stay alive. It's pretty good. You've seen it? Parts of it. Okay. I haven't finished watching it. I, wa- I was watching it during my... Um, recovery from surgery there's no room for air but they they have cryo sleep yeah because they don't need much air then so they're trying to keep these yeah, but people they, alive but the air they, supply is bad do I, they, I don't want to ruin the whole movie all right all right all right i just i can't see okay we're running out of air all right well let's make a whole bunch of uh cryo sleep containers for us to sleep in i, I whatever you don't want to ruin the movie that's fine i understand yeah, yeah. It, it makes sense in the film so uh, that's available on Redbox. Air. All right. Air. Uh, you got anything from Amazon? I do have an Amazon Prime pick of the week. It's a very quick movie. It's only it's a scant seventy six minutes long. Uh, it's actually seventy three minutes, which is actually because well, then the credits are at the end. I timed it out. It's called Small Town Murder Songs. Uh, Ed Gas Donnelly, who's I guess best known for The Last Exorcism Part Two which I like the obvious irony of that title. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he does this gothic tale of crime and redemption about an aging police officer from a small Mennonite town who hides a violent past until a local murder upsets the calm of his newly reformed life. Um, this has Jill Hennessy in it. Stars as his ex-girlfriend, Rita. Do you know her from... Doc- She's Dr. Jordan Cavanaugh from the movie or TV show Crossing Jordan. Never watched it. She's pretty good in it, in that show. She's pretty good in this movie also. The main actor is Peter Stormare. You don't know this guy by his name, but you know exactly who he is. Okay. It's like those terms megagenesis or privilege walk. You don't know what they are, but you know exactly what they are, right? So he's a just a character actor who's been in everything? He was Carl Hungus from The Big Lebowski. And uh, Gare Grimsrud in Fargo. 
Okay. Yeah. So you know who he is. Yeah, yeah. You wouldn't know him watching this movie, though. You wouldn't know that until I looked up his IMDb page. So he plays uh, Walter, and he's the cop with the secret. Um, you know when you're watching a movie and uh, it sort of looks like America, feels like America, it has this American sensibility, but there's something just a little bit off about it, a little bit weird, a little bit slanted, and you start to give the movie makers credit for creating this world that could exist, but it doesn't really exist. You spend half the time watching the movie, wondering where they are, and then it all clicks for you. I think I know where you're going. Canada. Canada. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you go, okay, okay, Canada. All right, that makes sense. So uh, I'm not going to say a whole lot about it because it's a very quick movie and there's – I don't know if you would like it. I don't know how many people would like it. It's it's one of the but critics' I'm recommending movies. recommending it. No, but the, the audiences don't necessarily like it. Critics seem to like it. The reason I liked it is because – it moves along deliberately and every scene means something and they leave a lot for the reader to read or the viewer to read in the movie. So you have to like fill in the blanks yourself. So if you're a, a, I don't know, a very thoughtful movie maker or a movie watcher, then this is the kind of movie for you. So in other words, you're saying this is an ambiguously slow Canadian film. It's not slow. No. I mean, it's deliberate. Slow. No, 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 it's not. It's not like, it's not like a, uh, Meek's cut off slow. Uh, very few movies. And it's are only that 73 slow. minutes long, so they could have stretched it out and made it really paced, but they make that conscious choice not to do that. There's the scene of, and then he's estranged from his family for some reason, and they're in this very close knit town. You've, the, the people that play into the movie, I mean, it all, it's all sort of straightforward and it makes sense. And you're just interested to see where it heads and where it goes. For me, it just pulled me along. It's like that movie from a couple of weeks ago, Blood Harvest. It's not a great movie, but it just pulls you along and it makes you consider it. So that's why I'm picking it. And that's why I'm recommending it. Plus, it's only you know 13 minutes more than an hour long. All right. So uh, the old small train town murder songs. Yep. Uh, saying small town murder songs for Amazon. If you got Netflix, go watch Lost Souls. Yada yada yada. Yeah. Doctor Moreau's Island. Yeah yeah. Uh, if you're Dude doing journey. Red Bots, you're looking for the movie Air. There's only one major release, Pan, coming out in theaters this weekend. We're both um, not that enthused about it. But there are two uh, horror movies that should be available on demand. Those are The Final Girls and Knock Knock. Uh, that's episode 85. Uh, episode 86 of The Laugh Podcast is going to be a review of The Martian. Right. The new sci-fi action film starring Matt Damon. Cool. So... Look for that. Yeah, man. Uh, thanks for joining me in studios, L Train. Thank you. This is uh, Two Frames. There be dragons. <laughs> Box set bottom ever, brother. It's great. Everyone should try it. <laughs> stuff man i'm still waiting for the test results to come back on that how long do they need what? i don't know they take tests longer than some of the students in my well, class I mean, they have to grow the culture and then test Ugh, it so grow the culture whatever it's gone now it's a shame you shouldn't have stubbed it during your uh square dancing competition <laughs> i told susan it's susan wanted to know how the surgery went. went went great i'm at home resting Enjoying a lifetime of 10% off pedicures. <laughs> How'd you react? 
She's like, that's funny. But I think she was a little grossed out, too. <laughs> like, I've tried to avoid using did the word say, amputation at school. Did she say I just threw up in my mouth? No. She's like, yeah, they're just removing a small bone. Did I tell you the joke that you could have gotten it done by my friend Moishi, the Moyle, for 30 bucks and a bottle of Manischewitz? <laughs> he would have done it. What's the... Yeah, did they give you the piece back? You could use it as a dog toy? Did you lose the nail? Yeah, pretty yeah. sure. Yeah, they took what off the first two sure? bones. I haven't seen it yet. My foot's been wrapped. Huh. I get to see it finally tomorrow when I go in. What time? Nine. In the morning, you want me to take a picture, send it to you at school, so you can be teaching and look at your phone and go, I just threw up a little in my mouth. I don't get the picture cell phone things. I can email it to you. Yeah. You Um, pull it up on the LCD projector. Yeah, I'll bring it over to your class and show them. Who's Mr. Bull's pussy toe? Pussy black toe. 